This episode of the Marking Out Network is brought to you by a new podcast called The Reaper's Graveyard, hosted by Dean Walker. Yes, that is my very own podcast. The Reaper's Graveyard covers all the topics that will creep you out and make you rethink your reality, such as demons, ghosts, conspiracy theories, serial killers, extraterrestrials, and much, much more. The link will be down below in today's episode description. So if you're willing to get creeped out, then I dare you to give it a listen. You won't regret it. Hey guys, welcome to the Marking Out Network uh, AW Recap. This is Neil Pretty Boy Thomas here. Your boys, Smoke and Dean, are not going to be on this episode. They got some other business to attend to. We had a late night last night, so we're going to actually try to get this out as quickly as possible. Uh, AW, uh, last week, it was, it was a pretty eventful week. I mean, a lot actually happened. You know, for kind of like an average type week, but uh, you know what? First things first, we got to talk about Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley. You know, a lot of hype was surrounding this match uh, going into it. They built up a pretty decent storyline, I thought, going into it. Um, Hangman is over, obviously Mox is over. I know a lot of people were kind of, you know, worn out by Moxley being champion. He's the third, you know, he's uh, champion the, for the third time now, and people like Hangman too. Uh, some. People that uh, are not a fan of Hangman Adam Page, Jim Cornette, um, says he's a little bland. I actually like Hangman. At one point, I said he was on top of his game. He was probably one of the best wrestlers in the world when he was having his AEW World Championship run. And I think he's uh, he's a tremendous talent. He's uh, decept- deceptively athletic. Um, you know, he don't, he don't have the greatest, you know, um, physique or anything like that. But, man, he could do it all. He can go technical. He want to go high-flying. Um, and he's just a, an all-around excellent wrestler. Um, in regards to the match itself, I mean, uh, it didn't you know, obviously abruptly ended with the uh, concussion that Hangman sustained during the match. But uh, it was scary. So I'm watching this as it's happening live, and you know they're they're having their match or whatever. And Mox sends him with the clothesline, and he goes down in a heap and just doesn't move. My first reaction is, "Holy shit! Did he fuck up his spine?" And I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, God. And they're not showing him, which is which is crazy to think about because when you see uh, NFL player, basketball player, baseball player, any kind of professional sport, they get injured, the announcers are talking about it. And uh, it's it was scary to actually have them almost blatantly ignore it. Like, is he paralyzed in the ring? And obviously you don't know that. And he moved his arms or whatever, and, and Moxley's like full-on adrenaline. He's got his... He's he's pumping. He's still gearing to go, and uh, they take him out in a stretcher. Don't even show him, and so it's like, all right, well, what the heck, what what actually happened? It turns out, you know, a few days have passed, and he's was diagnosed with concussion, and he now he's you know been released, and hopefully he's going to be on the fast track to recovery. So we want to see Hangman come back as soon as possible. But the fact that you know these injuries happen so often. Um, it's kind of scary to think about because if you really think, and we we watch wrestling all the time, we watch it every stinking week, and we see a lot of this stuff. So when they take a clothesline to do the backflip all the time, Kenny Omega does it, the Young Bucks do, do it, Pac does it, pretty much everybody seemingly can do it now. Um, you don't want to emphasize the impact of the clothesline. You know, Moxley hit him with the clothesline. It was you know up around the neck head area. Um, not sure if that was actually causing him to, you know get knocked out or was it landing on his like side of his head and neck or whatever but it, it just looked nasty when they showed it in slow motion it looked it could have been a lot worse than you know what actually you know occurred uh, uh the consequences from that clothesline and 
it, it's it's really frightening too because you know these professional wrestlers they put their lives seemingly on the line every time they go into the ring they risk a lot for our entertainment we appreciate them we love what they do um but it was just a really scary situation and i don't know if they maybe production freaked out and they didn't know what to do or how to handle the situation um Ideally, you would have shown them to make sure that, you know, everything is okay. I mean, they still could have had Mox and MJF come out and cut the promo. But uh, it was something that you'd hate to see happen, especially to, a, you know, a guy like Hangman or anybody um, in the professional wrestling business. I don't care what your feelings are for a wrestler. You might hate him, Tony Nese. I'm not just kidding. Hey, Tony Nese, I'm going to talk about you later. But stay tuned for that. Um, but, yeah, so it's – yeah. We don't we don't hate these guys personally. Anytime we judge or criticize them, it's typically by you know what their ring work or that kind of thing. It's not personal attacks. We'll never make personal attacks against them or their family or anything like that. We don't take that shit that serious. It's not it's not up to that level. I don't think you should ever get personal or make death threats against a wrestler because one of your guys doesn't go over or loses a match or a title or something like that. I mean, it's it's extreme cases because I. If I was in the ring, I wouldn't want anybody doing that to me. They can they can drug, judge my in-ring work and say I suck, and I'll look to improve on that, but I'm not going to go to that deep level personally. But uh, it was just something that you never want to see happen in the wrestling business because, so I mean, we've lost so many wrestlers over the years. I mean, due to injury and, you know, dying way, way, way too young, and you just you just hate seeing that happen. Um, Adam Cole's apparently suffering from a severe concussion and just all these people, all these wrestlers just going down. It was a shitty summer for AEW when it comes to their talent. It was seemed like nobody was there at the same time. Everybody was gone. And it's just, uh, it's really hard, hard to see. So we hope Hangman, I mean, the match itself up to that point was very good. Mox, um, you know, he cut the promo after. And obviously they're building up between Mox and MJF now. MJF comes out. I was saying that to myself. I was like, just send fucking MJF down there, cut a promo. And that was some of the best promos they had. It's just off the cuff, off the top of their head. And sometimes that's the best, you know, that can actually work out, you know, to their benefit. Because um, the match ended 10 minutes prior before the end of the show. So I don't think Hangman was going to win anyways. But um, actually it ended up being really uh, pretty good. MJF is, you know, definitely one of the better promos um going in the business right now and he's definitely he's building himself up you can tell he's putting on some weight um hitting the weight room really hard and you know he's like he i think he's ready to be champion um say what you will about him he, he generates a lot of heat but he's almost a baby face at the same time um and people cheer him you know and he he can make the crowd turn on you make he can make uh the crowd cheer for him so he's actually really great at what he does but i think the match at full gear um is going to be Pretty good one. I think Mox is probably going to lose, I'm going to say. he's. I think it's MJF's time, but uh, but that's a different topic for a different time. But, the uh, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there, the Hangman-Mox thing. It just scared the shit out of me, man. I just, I hate seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah, you want to see them put on an excellent quality match and kind of fuck each other up, but never to that extent where it's like, oh, shit, this guy's going to go down. And, you know, being with Daniel Bryan with concussions, Edge, and – and all that, just the history of guys going out for a really long time, and just like you don't want to see your faves go down. Um, but yeah, it's it's just crazy to crazy to see, man. But then 
On a lighter note, we're going to go to uh, the Ocho Chris Jericho and my new favorite wrestler, apparently, Dalton Castle with the boys. So I know a lot of guys, uh, a lot of people out there are kind of sick and tired of the Ring of Honor shit. Uh, it's like seemingly they make, they talk about Ring of Honor more than anything else on AEW, ironically. But I mean, what did you guys think was going to happen? So they, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and it was like, oh, is it going to be a separate entity? Are they going to have their own pay-per-views? Well, they are having their own you know, uh, separate pay-per-views from AEW, which I think is rightfully so. I do think they need like a two-hour weekly show just to kind of elevate and feature, you know, Ring of Honor uh, talent, whether if, if FTR defends the titles on there or, you know, Jericho can go to that show and just kind of give us a breather from all the Ring of Honor stuff too. I'm, I personally don't mind it. I like it. Um, Chris Jericho doing what he's doing with the Ocho um, and being he wants to crush the Ring of Honor history, you know, the Ring of – Jericho, he's going to destroy every champion that's ever existed in Ring of Honor. I think it's great. Jericho can get over anything. He's always been um, very creative in, when it comes to that thing. He's always changing up the game, changing his look, and changing his nicknames. He's had so many nicknames over the course of the years. I can't even name them all. But, yeah, the Ocho and the Dalton Castle match was actually entertaining. Dalton Castle, I think if he was in a different time and a different uh, period in, in wrestling, especially under Vince McMahon and WWE, man, I think Vince would have – Push this guy to the moon, man. He kind of, at first, he kind of reminded me of like a Fandango, Fandango, whatever you call it. But yeah, he definitely, he gets it. His promos are pretty funny. He has a unique voice. He has a, actually a create a very unique look to him, without a doubt. I got to say, I wasn't too familiar with him uh, in his Ring of Honor days. I didn't even know who he actually was. And I, you know, obviously, just like anybody else, you just Google a guy and all these flamboyant costumes. I mean, he took the Peacock thing to the next level. We thought Charlotte was good about doing the peacock thing this guy is up to fucking annie on that he is tremendous the boys helping him out i kind of like to i'll take it a little uh, so when he's outside the ring during the match and his boys are trying to help him out i would have like the boys maybe give him like a sip of water or some kind of like some kind of like special drink or you know like a really fancy glass or something like that he kind of has you know it looks like a las vegas showgirl type thing so i don't know i would i would i would play off that too um, his entrance is actually fantastic. I love it. It's it's so theatrical and very Las Vegas like. And when he uh, so he's he's got the character down part. He's pretty decent in the ring. I mean, you know, he's definitely not uh, you know the greatest I've ever seen in the ring. But that's okay too. You don't have to be. His character work is good. Jericho and him put on a really good match. Didn't think Dalton Castle was gonna win. Obviously, I mean, the fans chanted, "This is awesome." It was a good match. Jericho goes over again. So one more off the books. I know he's checking off the list of all the Ring of Honor champions. I think him and uh, obviously him and uh, Samoa Joe got to go eventually down the line too, um, and they're gonna fight. fight uh, I would imagine, but uh, that was an entertaining match. I was actually looking forward to that match more really than uh, the Mo John Moxley Hangman Adam Page match. I thought it was uh, highly entertaining. But uh, there you go for that match. You know what? A lot of other things. You know, we want to get to, too. Uh, it's, man, there was a lot that actually happened on Dynamite. I, I, I probably rambled along a little too much. But, yeah, here we go. All right, Tony Storm versus Sheeta. I'm, Tony Storm is really coming on to her own. But it's, she's still the interim champion. Some, we're going to have to have her versus Thunder Rosa eventually. But uh, Tony's on her game right now. Her and Sheeta put on a really kind of physical you know, hard-hitting style match. It was a lot of, yeah, a lot of aggressiveness in that match, too. It wasn't your typical fluffy kind of, 
you know, women's match where it's not a lot going on. Um, but, yeah, you can tell these girls know what they're doing. I like Sheeta, too. Um, she was actually a pretty good AEW champion in the, you know, pandemic um, when basically she was wrestling in front of nobody the entire time. Uh, Tony Storm's on her game right now. She is one of the best female wrestlers in the world. She has the look. She has a good personality. People seem to like her. Um, they actually put on a really good match. I didn't expect Sheeta to end up uh, going uh, over on Tony, but uh, you know what? I think uh, it's, you know, Tony. she's, I think when eventually she's going to face Thunder Rosa, it's going to be, Tony's going to end up winning. I don't know where Thunder Rosa goes from here. Um, she's not, uh, her title run, her first time was just not very good. And it wasn't, she wasn't booked. She wasn't featured on television. I mean, she barely got any kind of matches. And then when she was in matches, it seemed like she was in tag team title, uh, tag matches. So it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest title run. And the fact that she had to relinquish it kind of summed it all up. Um, but yeah, it's, I think Tony Storm's definitely on her game right now. She's probably one of the best female champions we have. I mean, you can make the case for Bianca Belair, Ronda Rousey, Tony Storm, but Tony Storm's there every single week, putting on quality matches, and I think she is, she is uh, pretty fucking good right now. So, congratulations to Tony Storm for carrying that interim championship well. Um, after the match, too, uh, Jamie Hayter attacked Tony Storm. And then, uh, you know, Britt Baker comes out. And a lot of women featured in this, which I actually kind of like. And yet, Rio ended up showing up. Rio, everybody loves Rio. She's so she's so goddamn cute. We all know that. And then uh, uh, Soraya, Soraya, however you want to say it. We're still debating on that. Um, you know what? Her and uh, Britt Baker are going to eventually, you know, throw hands and get involved. Oh, I man, uh, you know, we'll just call her Paige, you know, because we have a hard time saying this here at Marking Out. I'm sure everybody else does. Even the announcers go back and forth on it. <laughs> Excalibur and Taz and Tony Schiavone cannot figure out how to say say her name. But anyways, uh, yeah, so it's going to be exciting when Paige actually gets back in the ring. Soraya, Soraya. Kind of see what she can do. This has been such a long time. You know, she's medically cleared. And uh, we're going we're gonna to see what she's capable of, man. Paige had a lot of success uh, very early in her career. Now she's in a different stage in her life. Um, and now she's, I, I know she's going to have something to prove, kind of remind everybody who she actually was and is and capable in the ring. And I think her and Britt Baker, I don't know if they're going to have good chemistry in the ring. Uh, I mean, we're going to find out eventually Britt Baker, you know, carried the AW women's championship for a long time. I think very well, she's one of the best promos in the business. She says the only person that matters in that division was her. I mean, she had a right, uh, claim to that too, because when she was champion, um, she was the main show. She was the main attraction, and ended up becoming one of the biggest stars in AEW. Ended up becoming the female wrestler of the year. So it's it's uh, can't wait to those two cross paths, um, you know, down the line. And it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to watch. I don't think it's gonna be a one off match. I think they're gonna have a rivalry. So the MJF William Regal promo was probably one of the best promos of the year. Not only in AEW, but probably all of WWE. Um, if you guys haven't checked that out. I would highly recommend it because that's some of the best work, uh, promo work MJF has ever done. And really, uh, William Regal, he stood there and took everything that MJF had to say with just kind of a smirky smile on his face. And you're thinking, wow, man, this is this is some crazy shit right now because MJF at 19 years old had to try out, long story short, William Regal was like, you know what, kid, you got all the tools it takes to be great someday, but that's someday. That day is not right now. And obviously, MJF... 
had some resentment, some anger, some bitterness, and a lot of probably a lot of other emotions uh, towards William Regal at the time too, because he felt like it was his time then. But obviously, it's MJF's time now. Well, why is it the time now? Because MJF, the six, uh, seven years that's passed, he's been building himself up. He's been working hard. He's been training. He's been improving every aspect of his career. And now he's reached a certain point where he's on the verge of the AW Heavyweight Championship, and now he just dumped it all on Regal. He said, this is what I could have been. It took me a long time to get here, and Regal was like, you know what? This is, I saw this potential in you this all these many years ago, and whatever, if it took, like he said, if it took a bloody email to get you to this point, then sun, Sunshine, you had it easy because... William Regal went through some probably crazy shit when he was young. He was 16, 17, 18 years old, living on his own and grinding away and trying to be a professional wrestler and probably facing grown-ass dudes at the time. And so in comparison, MJF had probably it easy, but MJF doesn't see it that way. He does feel like he got uh, left behind probably in a way too because he was right there on the cusp. I mean, just think about it. What if Regal was like, you know what, Vince McMahon hired his kid on and his, I mean, his whole trajectory could have been different. It could have been worse off, maybe. We don't know yet. I mean, we can't go back in time and change what actually happened. But MJF and William Regal obviously have a, a previous history. And MJF, he, he probably was probably wanting to say this for a long time. And he finally got the opportunity. And obviously because he's going against John Moxley for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. And, you know, William Regal is the, you know, the founding father of the BCC and now is the perfect opportunity for MJF to get everything he had built up inside him bottled up harnessed and just dump all over William Regal and the the promo itself was excellent um people were kind of booing booing uh William Regal but then he kind of got the crowd back saying like this is what I want from you this whole time and uh, everything comes for full circle in wrestling you can always harper back to a previous time where you feel like you've You've been wronged and you feel like you want to, you know, correct, you know, the so-called, you know, issues and mistakes that you had in the past. And MJF is probably trying to do that right now. And he's, uh, I mean, he's right in a lot of ways. And, uh, but he's also wrong too, because at 19, you think you know everything. Everybody was 19 at one point. I was 19. I thought I knew everything and no adult was going to tell me anything different. And I'm sure MJF felt the exact same way. Uh, but obviously, you know, William Regal, he has uh, he's been around a long time. He's been around the block, been in this business a very long time. So he probably knows what he's talking about. And he knows that MJF had a lot of potential and now he's living up to that potential. And he's going to actually probably beat John Moxley for the AW Heavyweight Championship. And it's going to be, you know, satisfying. It's going to be gratifying and it's going to be everything MJF wants. And a lot of people are behind him, too. They want to see him champion. And it's funny, too, because, like, his promos are sometimes outshine his, his wrestling matches. He doesn't wrestle that often, and I, th- I think that's uh, – maybe that's probably a good thing. I think he, he, he doesn't wrestle as much um, because he is so good on the mic, and he can carry us – I mean, he can make any storyline interesting, basically. Look what he did with Warlow, and after that was done, Warlow kind of feathered – you know, he fall off a little bit, and now he's slowly trying to build back up him with uh, Wardrobe, but – yeah, MJF, the storyline with CM Punk was some of the best, most entertaining things, you know, that we've seen uh, storyline-wise in, in years. Uh, that was excellent. MJF really can make anybody on the mic 
um, uh, he's just uh, head and shoulders above, I think, uh, anybody on the microphone right now. You can make a lot of case for some other dudes. Um, you know, L.A. Knight comes to mind, but he doesn't really get the, the talk time that he's, you know, deserves. Well, not yet anyways, but he's pretty good. But uh, great job by both William Regal and MJF on AEW Dynamite. What a great fucking promo. Um, but yeah, probably the best match of the night was the AEW Trios Championship match. Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, Zero, Mero. Ah, let's try that again. Zero, Mero. All right, got it out. All right, there you go. Ray, Ray Phoenix, uh, Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta. Uh, so the Trios matches um, in AEW are highly featured. I mean, some those are some of the best quality matches we've seen. A lot of back-and-forth action, um, tons of false finish, uh, false finishes, and it's something that's it's highly entertaining. It seems like there's never a dull moment, dull moment in those matches because you got so many moving parts. Um, I didn't think uh, uh, Death Triangle was going to end up uh, losing. I think there's still – Pac ended up losing the – um, Atlantic um, Championship to Orange Cassidy But I don't think they were going to lose More uh, championship gold uh, To best friends Even though people like best friends too um, But yeah that was an excellent excellent match And I can see why those kind of matches Open the show man Because they're just They go back and forth And you know A lot of people are not fans of Orange Cassidy Not sure why uh, But he, I think he's really entertaining He's the slacker that everybody loves The fact that he comes out with the the backpack now and puts the championship in the backpack over one shoulder is kind of cool because I was thinking about that too. I was like, well, he won the title. How's he going to come out with the belt? Is he going to put it around his neck or what's he actually going to do? Uh, he's, uh, I was thinking, well, around his waist wouldn't really suit his character. How's he going to, maybe, yeah, like in a, maybe in a sack or a, some kind of, yeah, some kind of bag. But yeah, the backpack works out really well. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, Orange Cassidy, Orange Punch, man. You know, he rivals Roman Reigns with that punch. And uh, he's definitely one of the more popular guys right now. And he's he's definitely on his game. A lot of guys in AEW, a lot of females in AEW, they're, they're wrestling really, really, really well right now. And you could see that, you know, maybe the fans don't like that style kind of wrestling. It might be a little silly, you know, with Orange Cassidy and whatever. But, man, the AEW faithfuls, the loyals that, that come to those shows. I've been to a few shows, man. You know, a lot of people want to harp on the ratings and all that kind of stuff. Um, that they barely get like a million people. I've been to a handful of AEW shows. Man, it was packed in there. People were super engaged in the product. It wasn't a dull moment. Uh, it, people were just really invested into the product. Um, you know what? We could talk about this a different time. The AEW, you know, fans versus WWE fans. And I think that's where it really is. Really, it's about it's about the fans going against each other, not so much the companies. But uh, Orange Cassidy, Orange Punch, man, um, it's good to see him have gold around his waist. I think too. It was it was. I think he was long overdue. I thought it would be the TNT Championship, um, but he ended up winning the uh, Atlantic Championship. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, that, there you go, man. That was AW Dynamite. Um, very eventful Dynamite for sure. Uh, so. Right now, we are going to go into Rampage. All right, so Rampage uh, was another interesting uh, show. I mean, a lot happened on that. Rampage seems like they crammed so much wrestling in 
uh, in such a small amount of time. Like, they have so much wrestling, and it's great. I love it. So we had the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. They claimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster with Billy Gunn, the varsity athletes, Joss Woods, Tony Nese, my new favorite wrestler, and Smart Mark Sterling. So going into this match, obviously they built up the storyline where Smart Marks they have the rights the, to the scissoring, so the acclaim can't do it anymore. Um, had a little bit of online beef with Tony Nese and Mark, uh, Mark Sterling about that, um, saying, you know what, you guys, two white guys that, uh, you know, two white dudes trying to be cool is just, it's just not very appealing, man. It's just not. I mean, yeah, they needed something for their careers because, let's face it, nobody was giving a shit about Tony Nese and, you know, Smart Mark, he can kind of bounce around and do his own thing, and he can go to wrestler, wrestler, and kind of be the instigator, the agitator, um, and do stuff that really pisses you off. But, yeah, Tony Nese is a different story, man. He uh, he was he was bland in WWE, and, and uh, we talked about this on the previous episode. If, if you look like you do and still have all this time trying to get over and you still have it, and it's just your personality, man. Like, yeah, you, you, you have a job, you work for AEW, but maybe sometimes it could be uh, – you know, buyer's remorse when they, when they hire you on because, you know, you're featured on AEW Dark. He's not a bad wrestler. I never say he was, but uh, his personality definitely needs to work. I mean, look at the contrary with, like, a Dalton Castle. You know, Tony Nese is probably better wrestler than Dalton Castle, but who's going to be more famous? It's going to be Dalton Castle because he actually has a character and people might be interested in what he does and he can cut a promo. I never heard a, a promo worthwhile from Tony Nese ever in my life. I mean, does anybody? What's the best Tony Nese? Tony Nese promo. I don't. I don't even know if there is one. You know, the premier athlete had all the tools and all the gifts in the world, but squandered them. The match itself was all right. Never thought the varsity athletes were going to go over, obviously. Um, but yeah, Tony Nese with another loss uh, ended up taking the pinfall on that. Um, but I think they. I hope this doesn't drag on for too long. I really fucking don't. Like, I just hope they just let them do the scissoring thing maybe tony was like you know what the scissoring thing is incredibly over right now we're gonna we're gonna tease the fans we're gonna pull it back a little bit and uh and just you know what have you not do it for a while because then people are gonna want it and clamor for it more and more and more and more and then finally when they're able to do it it's gonna be much more gratifying i think that's what's gonna happen um so there yeah there you go that was the match jay cargill wow man on rampage uh you know, shout out to my boy Smoke on this one, man. Uh, Jay Cargill is above and beyond, head and shoulders above the rest. I was just saying that right now. Um, her sitting in the ring was quite something. Um, but yeah, if you guys wanted to take a look at the pictures and the videos of Jay, go right ahead. You will not be disappointed if you did not see it. But yeah, so Nyla Rose ended up stealing her belt a couple weeks ago. Jade was like, you know what? I'm going to take over the show. Give me my fucking belt back. And Nyla, they drove off with it. It's kind of cool to see this personality of Nyla Rose come out and uh, and uh, kind of, you know, be different instead of just like this, you know, angry kind of like powerhouse. Like, I'm going to fuck you up all the time and I'm bad. But she's showing a different side of her, I guess, which, you know, we can appreciate, which I like. I mean, eventually she's going to have to face Jade and uh, they're going to fight and Jade's going to get her, her belt back eventually. Um Thing that when uh, Nyla Rose ended up winning a match, she held up the one and O sign. I thought that was pretty pretty clever on that part. They can still build off of that too. But yeah, Jade's super pissed right now. She don't want to have it. She ain't talking with the baddies. They're, she's mad. She's like, why aren't you, why aren't you guys getting my belt back and all that kind of shit? And baddies like, oh, it's like whatever. 
And but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cute seeing Jade, man. I'm just saying it's it's funny. Um, and we had the FTR Championship Hook versus Trustbusters, Ari Davari. Um, obviously Hook is incredibly over. Uh, I like how they're just not you know. If, I think if Hook was in WWE, especially the Vince McMahon WWE, and if he took a liking to him, Hook would be like Austin Theory, man. He gets shoved down our fucking throats every single week and just be a part of. Stupid storylines and stupid gimmicks and all that kind of shit. But I think they're slowly bringing on Hook little by little, which I think is actually a good thing. You don't want to oversaturate him because he still is learning. And he he don't have to say much. A guy that can get over without saying pretty much anything because he has a look and a certain uh, you know charisma to him that you really can't teach. And I think Hook has that. He's still learning. I think he's going to be... He'll be definitely a, a bigger champion probably down the line if he stays on the, the straight and narrow and, and, you know, starts really honing in on his craft. He could definitely be easily TNT champion. I don't know about AEW champion. That's that's far, far away. But uh, I, I'm pretty certain he could be, no doubt about it, TNT champion when the time is right. Hey, and shout out to Willow Nightingale because she is all elite. Uh, I saw her probably... I don't know, a couple months ago. I don't even remember where it was at. I don't know if it was on Dark or I don't know. But, uh, maybe she was featured on Rampage, maybe, or something like that. I was like, oh, she's definitely got something. She's definitely has, uh, obviously, she can wrestle. That's first and foremost. She has definitely a unique look about her. She's very, uh, she has, uh, you know, the charisma and, you know, that you look for and a personality that you look for in a, in a wrestler. A lot of people can wrestle, but do they have the personality, Tony Nese, to actually get over and uh, do something with their career and actually have a fan following and have t-shirts made of them. Willow has all those tools, man, and congratulations to her for being all elite. I mean, it's well-deserved. Um, she's going to be, I think, uh, somebody to reckon with, too. I think um, I like her style, too, of, of uh, wrestling. I think she has a that, that uh, gut-wrench powerbomb that she does. I think that's pretty cool. But, yeah, congratulations, Willow Nightingale, for being all elite. All right, main event time. Did I cover everything? I think I did. Yeah. So main event time going here, uh, a triple threat between freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Here we go, Cassidy again with Danhausen and the best friends. Dark Orders 10 with negative one and LFI's Roosh with Jose the assistant. This was actually a pretty good match. Roosh is actually really good. Uh, a Toro Blanco. The white bull, man, he's he's actually gonna be. A ch I think he's definitely gonna be a champion one one day down the line. Um, he's been featured more than Andrade. Go figure, right? I never thought that would actually happen. Um, uh, Ten is, you know, he's good. I mean, he does nothing to write home about. He, he's definitely got a look. I think he should lose the mask. I think somebody said it on uh, on Rampage. Uh, was it? I don't know. Was it Jr. Somebody said he probably should lose the mask because actually that's what actually uh, cost him the match. So I think he probably should lose it if it's going to be a hindrance to him. Um, and he should just uh, try to find something else. He still could be probably a, a part of the Dark Order, I would imagine. I mean, he doesn't have to drop it. But uh, Orange Cassidy, you know, retained in this match. It was a good back-and-forth match. He kind of – Orange Cassidy just won the title, so you know he's not going to drop it anytime soon. Um, triple threats are always entertaining because there's so many – so many variables because a guy doesn't have to get pinned in the ring. It's like, oh, man, shit, it gets knocked out. And the two guys that don't have the championship end up might getting the victory over another. So the other guy has to rush in and kind of make the save. Um, those are always entertaining. Triple threats are my favorite. 
uh, one, of, well, one of my favorite kind of matches. I, I think those, especially when the title's on the line, I think those are always ultra entertaining. Um, but yeah, that was uh, pretty much the AEW Rampage and AEW Dynamite recap of this week. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go and uh, do some things right now. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I mean, it was, uh, it was a pretty brief one here talking to... All the fans of the Marking Out Network um, got to go pay some bills and play some video games here. And I hope you guys like uh, our show. And if you guys ever want to leave us any feedback, please do. You know what? We greatly appreciate it. You know what? Smoke appreciates it. If you want to talk shit about him, go ahead. If you want to talk shit about Dean, go ahead. If you want to talk shit about me, go ahead. It's fine. I don't care. It's all entertainment. And we appreciate everybody who listens to the show. You know what? Because that's it. I'm Neil Pretty Boy Thomas. That's the show. Bye-bye.